What's up, everybody, and welcome back. We have got a lot, a lot to talk about. Um, I actually had to remove some things from the show notes here for a bit because I think things were going to drag on, and um, there's a lot of gaming news, so if gaming news isn't necessarily your thing, you might want to skip this episode uh, or maybe jump until the questions at the end where we kind of dive outside that, but um, there's been there's been a lot of gaming news. I'm gonna st- we're going to kick it off here with Google. Because 9to5Google reports that Google is going to be launching some gaming hardware. Uh, this is actually pretty big news. So we've we've known about they're having a keynote at the Game Developer Conference. Not all that unusual. They did this last year. And so to see them doing it again, not that big of a deal. But what we do know is that we believe that they are going to launch their game streaming service. Or at least announce the game streaming service so that we get a better look at it. They remember, if you remember, uh, late in 2018, they had a public trial of Project Stream, they called it, and we fully expect that this is where they're gonna announce it, and they might be launching some hardware with it. I can't confirm those reports because I, I don't cover Google Gaming that much. I mean, this is a brand new area. But um, be, be on the lookout for that. We should be about a month away, give or take, uh, from that announcement. And yeah, so Google might be diving into the streaming platform wars here in the very near future i'll be curious to see if they're truly first out of the gate or if they're just going to launch a public preview we don't know we are going to find out and this is going to be super interesting it is getting really really interesting in the gaming space and i don't just say that lightly uh other rumors came out that microsoft is looking to bring game pass to the switch now i i want to there's a lot going on here because there was also talk about or uh like a couple ip titles going over to the switch and all that stuff i can't really talk to the authenticity of any of the ip i don't i don't that's gaming related content going to the switch i don't honestly know but what i do know is stuff about game pass now Here's we we, we got to take a we got to take a holistic step back to, to look at Game Pass uh, before we even talk about it because Microsoft earlier this year they put up on stage a a graphic that says their goal is to be able to play anywhere on any device at any time anywhere in the world this is their goal and so Game Pass is going to help them achieve that here's the thing Microsoft will put Game Pass and Xbox Live wherever the heck they can. They are not locking it into Xbox consoles or Windows PCs. They want this platform on everything. I actually heard that Microsoft is trying to figure out how to bring Game Pass and xCloud to things like TVs. Remember, Samsung just launched the Apple Store or iTunes on their TVs. Microsoft would love to replicate that model with Game Pass. You can just open up your TV, fire up Game Pass, connect a controller, and bam, you are streaming games. That is their goal. So when you hear that Microsoft is trying to bring game streaming to the Switch, it's like, okay, there's a lot of things in play here. One, does Nintendo want this? Um, Two, could they do this? And three, is it going to happen? So here's what I know. Um, On the Game Pass side, Microsoft is trying to expand where Game Pass is available, and that includes the Switch. Now, I can't explicitly confirm that talks are happening every single second and that this is happening in the next six weeks. I don't know that, and I, I'm it, it could. I'm just saying I can't confirm that information. I'm only trying to tell you what I know with a high level of confidence. That being said, people inside the company um, haven't heard that it's happening yet. Now, That doesn't mean talks haven't happened. That doesn't mean it's not happening. There's a lot of people inside of Microsoft. There's a lot of things that would have to go into effect to make this happen, and it could be happening outside of people that talk to me. So keep that in mind that I cannot confirm those rumors myself. I I can't. But I'm also saying at the same time, 
it makes complete sense that Microsoft wants this to happen. Now, Microsoft and Nintendo do have somewhat of a relationship. Remember, they have Minecraft over on that platform. Microsoft and Nintendo have also been very large proponents of crossplay as well. Remember that. So, does this seem unreasonable that this could happen? Absolutely not. Microsoft would love this to happen. The question is, is how does Nintendo make money from this? Maybe Microsoft gives them a cut of the Game Pass subscription revenue. I don't fully know. Um, these are the things that kind of have to work themselves out. And the other question is, does Nintendo want this? Well, if they can make it a good experience, yeah. you got to remember, anything that has connection to, a wi to Wi-Fi can effectively connect to xCloud. Now, xCloud isn't going to launch until later this year in public preview, which means that if, if Game Pass is coming to all these platforms, remember, it ha I, I, there's, I can't imagine any way... Well. I guess maybe Nintendo could like buy into the platform and then games that are available on the Switch could use Game Pass, but that seems really convoluted and that would be a very messy marketing solution for Microsoft and Nintendo saying, look, you can sign up for Game Pass, but you only get this subset of games. That, that doesn't seem right. And so to get all the games on Game Pass on a Switch, you're going to have to be streaming it. I, I don't think there's any other way to be doing that. I'd love to know if you guys think there is another way to be doing that. So knowing that means we have to wait for xCloud, which means... At the earliest, it could be 2020. That would make logical sense. Again, I this is a little bit of speculation. So, to break it down, Game Pass on Switch. Does Microsoft want it? Yes. Does Nintendo want it? I don't know. Is it technically possible with xCloud? Absolutely, because anything that connects to Wi-Fi can. Are we going to see it in the near future? I personally don't think so, but we will find out more. That being said, here's the, the caveat to all of this. Microsoft's got some Game Pass announcements up its sleeve for E3. And, and these aren't like dumb announcements like, oh, look, there's three more games on Game Pass. No, these are pretty substantial Game Pass things. And uh, I'll be I'll, I'll fill you in a little bit more later on that stuff. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, also, big gaming news this week on Game Pass, by the way, was Crackdown 3. Now, Crackdown 3 has had a very large span of reviews across the, the different genres of people reviewing games. Here's kind of my take. I've played it a little bit, and you can go grab it on Game Pass, so it's not like you're paying 60 bucks. Crackdown 3. Is it a $60 game? No, it is not. Is it a, a triple-A, quad-A, whatever you want to call it game? It is not. People who will like Crackdown 3 are the same people who love Crackdown 1 and wanted nothing different. You just want very small evolutionary changes. Um, I'm not a big fan of the online stuff. The single player is just kind of what I like to call lazy fun, right? You just plop down on the couch, you go jump around the city, grab some orbs, blow up some stuff. And that's it. It's not a it's not a, a technical title from a visual perspective. Um, I'm also hearing that it's not selling well as an individual game. Everybody's playing it through Game Pass. I don't think it's a $60 game either. If Crackdown 3 came out at a $20 price point, I think that would be about what its value is. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, if you're thinking about playing it, I recommend just grabbing a month of Game Pass. Play it for a few weeks. I think you'll get enough out of it and then just move on with life. Moving on with life. Uh, other things coming to the Xbox console. Microsoft announced a bunch of features coming uh, to insiders here in the near future. Uh, in, introducing what they are calling message requests, which uh, the messages are getting smarter, which makes it easier to talk with people who you talk with frequently. Twitter kind of does this, that if people on your friends list, it gives them a priority. 
But if they aren't on your friends list or your, your contact list or your following or whatever you want to call it, they're kind of deprioritized. So it makes it easier to kind of get rid of the noise, if you will, or people just kind of harassing you, to be honest. Uh, this is one I'm a big fan of. They are reading, uh, they're reading, they're adding reset to the power center. So we've all been there where you just got to reboot the box and... Let's just be honest, probably a lot of us just go back there and rip that power cord out because that's the easiest way to reset it because otherwise you got to hit the power button, wait for it to shut down, then you got to wait for it to turn off, then you got to turn it back on. Now you can go to the power center, hit restart, and it'll reboot just like you want it to do. That is a good thing. They're also introducing a mini virtual keyboard. I'm actually pretty excited about this, as about as excited as you can get from a keyboard, but we've all had to enter text on, on the display and the mini virtual keyboard makes it faster for text input with a controller. It's a virtual keyboard, but smaller. And uh, they're also improving the uninstall feature. So if you're trying to download a game and you're out of space, Microsoft is now gonna recommend games that you should uninstall based on the last time you played them or the activity within the game itself. And if you have an Xbox controller, you're soon going to be able to program the, the one guide button to a different media app, which is nice. I guess that gives you more flexibility and customization and all that good stuff. So uh, there's a lot of rumors circling around about E3 right now and, and Game Pass being one of them. I'm trying to verify all of them. Once I am confident, um, I, I will absolutely fill you guys in. I try not to. It's, it's one thing to have... I have people telling me things and I like to verify them um, before I go public with them the, to the best of my ability. But it's not like I can just call up Phil Spencer and he will just tell me. So these things take time and I'd rather take my time and get it right than just try to rush it out the door. But there's a lot of a lot of good rumors circling around right now and uh, it, it's making me excited. I think E3 is going to be good for Microsoft, especially because Sony's not there. So I don't know what else they're going to do. I mean, they have the whole kind of show to themselves for the most part um, from a hype perspective. And so other things that were announced this week, the Galaxy Fold from Samsung, which is a foldable phone. I actually think Samsung did this in the wrong order because they announced the Fold, which is a $2,000 foldable smartphone. Granted, uh, I cannot in good faith recommend anyone buy this. This is a Gen 1. This is a proof of concept that something like this can be done. It is not something I think you honestly want. Um, it's, it's rough around the edges. It's again, Gen 1. Let this stuff mature a bit. Let it come down to price point because if you're dropping 2K on a phone... It's an expensive phone, and we were all complaining about a $1,000 phone, uh, and now here's Samsung with a $2,000 phone. So keep that in mind before you go out and, and jump all over the fold. The reason why I think they did this out of order is they did this big, huge, massive uh, hype thing, the, the fold, and then the S10, which granted, I think looks like a good phone. If you're in the Android world, I don't think you could go wrong buying the S10. Obviously, you can spend a whole bunch of money on that too, but the problem was with their keynote is they had all this energy and noise around the fold and then they're like here's the s10 which is the phone you probably actually gonna buy and nobody was paying attention anymore um so then you go there you go uh and then there's been a lot of news about windows Lite this week uh santorini is the sort of code name for it i've gotten a lot more information over this about the past 24 hours or so about the platform. I'm going to have some information next week that will hopefully clarify things a little bit further and give everyone a better roadmap of what is happening. And uh, yeah, so I've, stay, stay tuned for next week on that stuff, folks. And so now I need to open up the questions of the week, which are always, always my favorite part because I know what I like to talk about, but I'd love to hear what you guys want to know about. And obviously everybody's always asking me, uh, about Scarlet and Lockhart and all that stuff. And again, I try to report when I'm confident. So, uh, Niels9001 says, will Windows IoT Core be replaced with Lite? 
Windows Lite Santorini. Now, just to clarify, Santorini and Lite are interchangeable here. Just keep that in mind. Uh, no, I don't believe so. Actually, I'm almost positive it will not be. Uh, Pass1001 says, what slash how should Microsoft feel about Google efforts into the game streaming, especially since rumors suggest that they will be opening up access to their server soon? Will xCloud potentially be late to the party? Great question. Great question. I hinted on this a little bit earlier. So the question is, how does Microsoft feel? Well, Microsoft they will honestly probably be like, we love competitors, but right, this is people cutting into their market. There's a lot of things about Google's game efforts we don't know. Having the platform is great, but as Microsoft has proven on the wrong side of history, if you don't have the intellectual property, your platform doesn't matter. The questions that I'm gonna be looking for with Google stuff when they announce it is why should you go with Google as opposed to Microsoft's? Microsoft has IP and it is very hard to get. Remember, Microsoft's bought a bunch of game studios. Granted, Halo and Gears of War, they're a little tired, but they are exclusive titles to the platform. So the question becomes, what is the enticing side of Google's platform as opposed to Microsoft, Sony's, Nintendo's, or Amazon's, or whoever else? IP is what rules the day when people choose a gaming platform. And that is what I'm watching with Google is how, because realistically, I think they have the technical chops to do this. That is not the question. Now, is Microsoft going to be late to the party? I don't think so. Microsoft is going to launch public trials of xCloud this year. So they're not going to be too far behind. And we don't know what Google's actually announcing. We know that they're announcing a game service and some hardware. But again, this could be the next phase of trials. Um, this could be a public service. We don't know. This is, I think it's a little too early to say is Microsoft late um, because we don't know Google's full play. And again, intellectual property matters when it comes to these things. TrueStar86 has three questions. He says, any new studio acquisition rumors from Xbox Game Studio? I don't know. I, the, the acquisitions are very hard to lock down um, because Microsoft talks to a lot of companies. There's a lot of acquisition rumors, if you will, but are there any more than, I mean, granted, would Microsoft love to own all of EA? Yeah, they would. Are they gonna go buy them? I don't know. I mean, I've heard rumors of them wanting, talking to EA or, or talking about acquiring EA and grabbing all that IP, but it might be too expensive. It might not just be the right fit. Um, there's a lot of things that are that happen there. And so, uh, two, he says, new leaked intellectual property and development of the now-owned Xbox Game Studio. Is it rumored that they canceled Scalebound IPs on its way to the Switch? Any comments about that? <laughs> I want to say this is just kind of outside of my knowledge um, because I don't I don't fully know. And if I had some great answer, I would tell you. But everybody's been reporting on this. So I'm assuming that there is a grain of truth to this and that maybe Nintendo is starting to feel the pressure of wanting to lock up more third-party IP. Because remember, Nintendo primarily has first-party IP on its platforms. And so they're getting a little bit more feature-rich. And so uh, speaking of that, Nintendo CEO, Mr. Reggie is retiring. I wish him the best. He has been, I've been, I've been watching him for years and uh, his enthusiasm for the platform has been second to none and he will be missed in the industry. He will be. Uh, and then his last question is, is finally, do you think Microsoft should re release a gaming version of Windows 10 OS, i.e. Windows 10 gaming version, just like they have Enterprise or Pro? So Microsoft, okay, first off, do I think they should release a gaming SKU? No, um, they have too many SKUs. Windows 10 already has gaming optimizations built in. I think building out a specific gaming version of Windows 10 is just going to dilute the pool a little bit further. 
and I, I don't I don't think that they should do that. I, I think that's going to make too many people angry, and their their model right now is good. Um, that being said, they are working on what's called GameCore OS or GameCore, but don't confuse that with a Windows 10 gaming OS like you think of it as is Windows 10. So Will R says, "Hi Brad, uh, we know Microsoft is working hard on Chromium for Windows, but they are also contributing to the Chromium for Android as well, since." Edge for Android also runs Chromium. Does it make sense that Microsoft would try to make Chromium for Android better too, not just Chromium for Windows? I believe so. I believe when you can contribute code or features and all that stuff to the Chromium open source that you are contributing it for all platforms. I don't think, I mean, I guess and technically they could rule out the, the web or the mobile versions, but I, Microsoft doesn't seem like the type of company that would just ignore that, mostly because, again, they could benefit from it as well. They're basically in the mindset that, hey, we need Chromium to be great, um, they're helping it being great or continuing to be great. I mean, it's already the best rendering engine out there, you know, with some caveats. Um, but yeah, so I, I think they will contribute on, across all things. Uh, an old Amiga user says, will Windows Lite machines be available prior to 2019-2020 school year? If Microsoft wants to counter the Chrome in the classroom, they need to have the devices that compete. Alternatively, do you think that they will sell a package of Office 365 and Chromebooks if Windows Lite is not ready? Okay, so I, I, I know roughly the timeline. I would be surprised if it's... I, I, I don't want to say I would be surprised. It might be ready for the school year. That would be a rush. Um, but I definitely believe we are going to see Windows Lite at build, and I definitely think we're going to see some hardware at build running Windows Lite. Um, it'll be, I got to double check the timelines because you got to, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's going to be ready for the 2019-2020 school year. I was thinking that, hey, if it's ready by the fall, but school purchasing decision typically happen in June, July timeframe, roughly is when they're buying stuff. Not perfect. I know, I know. Um, I, I don't see them having shipped hardware with that OS ready for the school adoption by that time frame. I also want to put the caveat of that too, is that schools are not early adopters. Schools will not see Windows Lite in, let's say, May. And let's just pretend that things ship, they announce it in May, it ships in June, and it's ready in July on a million different HP and Lenovo and Acer and all that stuff. Schools are not early adopters. They're not going to run out there and be like, that's what we're doing. We're, we're dumping all our Chromebooks and iPads for that. We're, we're going to do it in a month. We haven't even tested this thing yet, but we are like, that's not how this happens. Um, I think the realistic time frame would be next school year when Microsoft has had some time to show it off, uh, prove the feature and value set and show off hardware that runs the platform. So Windows Lite is a pretty big deal, guys. It's a, it's a fresh take on an operating system for Microsoft, something we have not seen in a very, very long time. And I'm not including Windows RT in that because that wasn't really a fresh take. That was just a, a platform refresh, sort of, if you will. But it looked just like Windows for the most part. Um, Mr. PKI, Mr. PKI says, is Crackdown 3 still a good reason to join Xbox Game Pass? So uh, he's kind of alluding to here that the, the reviews weren't, weren't so great. Um, Personally, so here, this is actually a more interesting question, I think, because I think it is a good reason to join Game Pass if you've never done it, because here's the deal. You can go play Crackdown 3 for $1, because if you look on the dashboard ads that you get, which are somewhat annoying, but hey, in this case, they're helpful, uh, they advertise Xbox Game Pass as $1 for your first month, 
Well, if you've been wanting to try Crackdown 3, that is the cheapest way you will ever get to play it. And is Crackdown 3 worth a buck? Yeah, it actually, it really is. It, it's worth a buck. Uh, I, I think I can say that. Oh, geez. Uh, Ignore Max something. Uh, does Microsoft or partners have any foldable tablets PC coming out this year? Any news on xCloud? I heard they're partnering with Razer and other companies to bring xCloud accessories. Um, I don't quite know what an xCloud accessory would be other than just a traditional kind of gaming thing. I mean, you're not going to have an Xbox controller that connects natively into the cloud. Um, that being said, foldable tablets or PCs coming out this year. So I believe Janus, Janus, um, the project that I talked about earlier is actually OEM partners exploring the two foldable, uh, device projects, but using Microsoft's kind of, so Microsoft will build reference devices just like Intel will, and they'll build reference software and say, Hey, look, here's the base, um, you know, iterate upon this. This is the chipsets you're going to want to use and all that. So they do have those types of reference devices available with the software, whether or not these companies ship anything. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, Bryson Harvey says, do you anticipate any news from my mobile world conquerors on the always connected PC initiative? My official response to that is there are a bunch of embargoes and just be on the lookout for that stuff. Uh, any rumors on a spring hardware event for, um, surface? I think I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about service hardware, but we have this mobile world Congress thing coming up, um, next week and Microsoft's going to talk about HoloLens too. And so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have a spring event because that would seem like they're taking away a big piece of the puzzle that could have been announced there. And so I don't know what they would announce this spring. There is some surface hardware um, that I need to write up that is not, don't overthink this, that is coming, but I don't know if it's coming in the spring. So uh, Sakib says, now that Terry left, who gets to dismiss allow a freeze on Windows related software and hardware? So there's two people. Uh, I believe his name was Rajesh, Rajesh. And then there's also uh, Jason Zander. These two people work in concert to build out features for Windows 10. Zander is more on the enterprise technical side. Rajesh is more on like the top level kind of side. So I don't exactly know who gets the official go, no go decision on uh, a particular feature. That is actually a very good question because on like UI stuff, that's Rajesh. If it's underlying infrastructure stuff, that's, I believe, Jason. Um, I'm sure some people will correct me here, but I, I think that's how it breaks out. So I don't know explicitly. I think it's going to come down to one of those two who gives the no-go, go, no-go no on a feature. Uh, now that they are considering to release non-Windows branded modern OS, he's referring to Windows Lite uh, or Santorini, but still on the NT kernel, why don't they also release Midori as an open source, like Android open source project? I Midori, I, I'm not going to go into that, but that's a really interesting question. Um, I, th they might open source Midori, but I, I don't know. That's a kind of a project from yesterday. So if you don't know what that project is, I recommend, highly recommend give it a good Google search on Wiki or go on Wikipedia and you can learn a lot more about it. Uh, his third question is, he in a four, he says, I really hope light does get rid of the stupid the stupidity found in Windows 10 like live tiles. It does get rid of live tiles. I've seen Windows Lite, by the way, guys. Um, so it gets, it does get rid of live tiles. Um, flat accent colors are mostly gone, uh, I believe. I, I'm trying to remember here. Um, color and backgrounds to icons. Do you expect them to bring the best UI design features from Windows 10 and Microsoft Launcher from Android? 
uh, to Windows Core OS and make the UI design look like it consistent in the Microsoft ecosystem. Here's the thing. Windows Lite does not, Windows Lite, it looks familiar, but it does not, exp I, I need to, I can, maybe I can make a mock-up here. Um, but it does not explicitly rec recall Windows. So there's, Microsoft has two categories of Windows users now, what they call heavy and light. And I'm going to write all this up next week. Um, and this, on the light side, it is, it's much more, honestly, look at Chrome OS and think about how you would window, make that a Microsoft look. It's pretty close. It, it's pretty close. It's got a little mashup of um, OS X or Mac OS in there as well. So, uh, and the number fourth question is, how will Microsoft bring Chromium-based Edge, if not ported to UWP in HoloLens or Xbox or as a Centennial app, but in that case, wouldn't it adapt to make native uh, factor, wouldn't it? On the other hand, in Windows 10 PC, will it come as a containerized uh, MX Win32 app or a Centennial app? So, uh, okay, lot to, lot to unpack there. My understanding of the Chromium app is that it is totally outside the store because you've got to remember, it's coming to Windows 7, it's coming to Windows 8, it's coming to Windows 10. It's just an application. So I believe it's honestly just a .exe, which is how it's going to run. So it's not coming through the store. And yeah, at least not yet. They could, in fact, put it in the store as a Centennial app if they really wanted. I don't know if they are going to. I kind of like it that way. I like the updates in the background. But yeah, there's still a lot of things we don't know about this Chromium-based version of Edge. I'm still trying to figure it out. He raises a good question of how it will work on um, on HoloLens. Well, I don't think we're going to have to wait too much longer to find out. And maybe Microsoft will give us a little hint about what is coming down the pipeline. So, folks, with that being said, this has been a, a very interesting episode. I'm working on a lot of things, and I, I hope to be able to share more in the near future about all this stuff. With that... Uh, thanks for tuning in guys, you know, hit that subscribe button, comment and all that good stuff. Appreciate everyone sending me all the tips as always have yourselves a wonderful weekend and we'll catch you right back here next time.